someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Michael. We're brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives, enjoying the emerging colors of fall, and we're your hosts for the Flat Circle Podcast. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, we have some updates on the Maura Murray case, as well as the Faith Hedgepet case. And for those that don't know, these are two cases that we have discussed here on the show. And so if you're interested in learning more and listening to those episodes, you can check out episode number one, Who Murdered Faith Hedgepet, and episode number 23, The Mysterious Case of the Missing Maura Murray. Uh, and we're also going to do a quick chat about the murder of social media star Gabby Petito. Yeah, let's get started. So about two weeks ago, bone fragments were discovered on Loon Mountain in New Hampshire, which is about 20 miles away from where Maura Murray crashed uh, her car into a tree. Now, nothing has been released verifying that these bone fragments are, in fact, Maura Murray's, but her family has been reported as saying that this discovery feels different from other leads that they eventually, you know, because they've had leads in the past and they eventually turned to dead ends. Wow. Okay. So we have a potential break in the Maura Murray case, which is super exciting. And I'm really pulling for her family to get some closure to the 17-year nightmare. And the second case break is that they finally have a suspect for the rape and murder of Faith Hedgepath. So on September 16th, a man was charged with her murder. He is 28-year-old Miguel Enriquez. Salguero Oliveras. Uh, they matched his DNA to samples taken at the crime scene, and he was on the list at the time of suspects, but they never really, I guess, fully looked into him and dismissed him um, initially. And a private investigator for the family says that he thinks more charges are to come, and he believes that Miguel was involved, but that he wasn't the only one. So the plot thickens. Yeah, that one is definitely big news that came out of the Carolinas for sure. Um, the DA's office, uh, you know, they're they're not going to seek the death penalty, which is weird. I don't know. That's what why. I said too. Um, I don't know if it's because the age he was when he supposedly committed the murder, but they have DNA, they have DNA on the guy um, right now. I mean, they've pieced together. I mean, obviously, the DA's office, the detectives behind this case put together a pretty solid case, I've heard, to where um, this Miguel Enrique uh, Salguero Alvarez uh, um, is... It, does, it looks like he is the guy that he is. And it's, it's interesting because when we did this case... We were pointing at her friend who did we it were. or possible people within her connection. Everybody just seems so fucking guilty. But yeah. to have a, I know we did talk about there being a random, you know, what if this happened like a random person? And and I guess this guy wasn't totally random. I, I, this Miguel was at a party. Uh, he, he's partied with uh, with her, you know, with her immediate group before. So there is he does. He was aware of Faith Hedgepath, but he, it seems like he was looking for an opportunity to do what he did, and he ended up doing it, which, holy shit. I mean, this is huge news for the family, and I'm super excited for them. Yeah, me too. I, I really can't wait for this case to unfold, because if other people are inver- 
are involved with this, I'm sure this guy is going to sing like a bird. Like, I cannot see him taking the fall for a group of friends. One thing, so you remember the Egypt Covington case, and that's not one that we have discussed yet here in the show, but one that we've definitely um, had wanted to cover. And initially with her, she kind of had like the creepy ex-boyfriend. Um, and we thought, well, I thought he was suspect as fuck. But come come to find out, he actually wasn't. And it was a group of people from like Ohio, mm-hmm. just like a group of random guys that were in town at the time from Ohio. And so that confirmed what your theory was at the time. You thought it was just a completely random opportunistic kill. And you were completely right on that. Now I'm wondering, though, with Faith, do you think that it was an opportunistic familiar kill? Or do you think that it was that because this guy was involved in in or with the friend group that he could have somehow been in on some bigger plot? It's interesting that they think there's more people involved in the case. So if there are other people involved in the case, that means maybe her cell phone Remember that she had that weird voicemail that they think like recorded her murder and it, and they haven't gave any indication the uh, authorities haven't give uh, the DA's office hasn't gave any indication that that's still a thing so we'll hear more about that as the case uh, goes on in the court uh, following uh, Miguel's uh, apprehension here but yeah I, I do think that um, I don't think it was an opportunistic kill I, I do think he has known her somehow and I think um, just from what I read uh he has been at parties she was at. He had he know he was aware of her, and he didn't live too far from there either. So what he basically did, I'm guessing, he was probably scouting her out, and then he probably seen her at that club. Remember they went to that club and they were partying, or and then oh, they yeah. get, get something to eat after, and then prior to all that, she was at the library all day. So during that timeline, he seen her and was stalking her. And then yeah, stalking that was that came to mind. Yeah, yeah, and then when her roommates were out, when her roommate went with their um when they left, I think that was his opportunity to go in there and rape and murder her faith. So it's, wow. it's incredibly sad. It is. Um and this was something I didn't feel would get resolved for many years. It was such a cold case back in two thousand twelve. So now, you know, so many years later, um almost 10 years later, here we are, and we finally have the guy who did it. So I just wonder, I think the biggest question is, who are the other people involved? Were there actually people involved? Yeah. Or and, was it just this one creep, you know, was who just had an creep. opportunity and, and he took and who it? Is, and who is this guy? I mean, we yeah. know he, we don't really know tons about him. I mean, no. he seems like he comes from a working class family and he seemed yep. like to be a normal kid. So, and he wasn't even going to North Carolina University. So this happened basically just just randomly you know like just i mean he found a target and he did it so um but it's not like these people shared classes together or anything so i'm really interested to see where this case heads yeah me too and we'll definitely keep you guys updated uh, as we get more information absolutely absolutely so let's let's move on to the gabby petito case this has been a huge case moving forward it's kind of it's kind of started at the end of summer and it started picking up steam obviously in september and i'm sure that you guys everybody's heard of this case unless you've been living under a rock the fact that gabby petito was also a big social media influencer this obviously she's had fans she had followers so obviously that has helped this case grow uh, its support. So you literally uh, can turn on any television, read any newspaper, online blog without seeing a report on this. So uh, Kelly and I have had to talk about, we have to talk about this. Yeah, we really can't leave this stone uh, unturned, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So just to give a recap for those who haven't heard of this case, 22-year-old Gabby Petito and her fiance, 23-year-old Brian Laundrie, went on a road trip 
and uh, they were camping in a van. So their road trip was basically consumed of them traveling in this van and camping in this van. They were going to national parks all over the country. It was beautiful. They were taking pictures. You could fo- you could find it on her TikTok and her her Instagram and all of her social media where she kept her followers updated with these beautiful pictures her and her fiance Brian took. So um, Gabby went missing while they were on this trip. So she was reported missing by her bro- uh, by her boyfriend or by her fiance Brian Laundry. Uh, who then went missing her himself on purpose. So uh, during their trip, they went to Teton County, Wyoming. That was part of it. And Brian Laundrie came back to Florida where they were living at the time and without her, seemingly without her. Her family wondered where she were, was. They The last communication they had were weeks prior to the to them supposedly coming back. And obviously the only one that returned was Brian and her family who Gabby's family who lives in New York wanted to know what was going on with him. So there was kind of some weird communication going on uh, between uh, the families tried to even contact each other. Uh, So I guess Gabby's family tried to contact Brian's family and they weren't talking much. They were kind of just kind of fending people away. And then just like that, Brian disappeared. They found the van. They found they, you know, they're actually still in um, his and Gabby's apartment or, or house wow. where uh, so trying to find. But Brian literally came back home, talked something with his family, don't know what. And then he vanished. And there's been sightings of him ever since. And they found, you know, so later on. So when she was missing, they ended up finding her uh, remains in uh, Teton County, Wyoming, and they were confirmed days later that they were of Gabby, twenty-three or twenty-two-year-old Gabby Petito. So at this point, since Brian went missing before they found the body, and then now that they found the body and they still can't find Brian, Brian is considered <laughs> suspect number one. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because they found Gabby's body what two weeks ago, and I hear that the FBI has a whole manhunt put together looking for this guy and even dog the bounty hunter is rolling in on this one so my question to you i mean (laughs) the obvious answer here but do you think that brian laundry is guilty yeah because if you remember now a lot of with this case people um it was said that there was actually a number of times where People have found Gabby and Brian fighting throughout the trip. They would go to random spots and and there would be fighting all the time. And it was so bad, in fact, that at one point in the trip, somebody called the cops and the cops were came, pulled them over. And they talked to both Brian and Gabby and Gabby was, I guess they had a domestic dispute where there was some physical between, but she was also physical with Brian. So Brian, she hit him and she was wigging out on him. They don't know what the fight was about, but basically these two have just been together for so long and they've had a fight and I guess they were fighting the whole trip and later, you know, and I guess Brian hit her and they've had problems, but you could see it actually can go online right now if you want look up Gabby Petito cop, cop cam or whatever and or dash cam footage or body cam footage and it will show her crying and the cop and you know and the, the, the officer is talking to her talks to brian brian seems a little bit more reserved um yeah at this point he has a bald head usually you see a lot of pictures of them with hair but now he has a bald head and he, he has scruff on his face and he seemed more reserved but you know basically gabby was kind of going through like some mental issues and she was crying in the vehicle um just dramatically crying and the cop basically just kind of had to make sure that they were okay and then moved on and then it obviously you know weeks following 
you know, where the hell is Gabby? So yeah, I think Brian did it. I'm guessing that that fight continued and somehow Brian lost his cool and, and murdered her. And obviously that the fact that they can't find Brian, <laughs> I mean, it kind of points to that this dude just went on the run because oh, all signs yeah. point to Brian that have done it. And they haven't even told, you know, investigators, um, DA's office, all of them, they haven't even came out and said how she died yet. They haven't said what evidence they found of Brian having done it with Gabby, having done the deed to Gabby. So, um, but the fact that they consider him suspect one and the guy that they're looking for, uh, they found something clearly. So that's crazy. So I, I hope that they find this guy. Yeah, I hope that they find him and then justice is served. You know, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is that Brian Laundrie comes home and he tells his family, oh, Gabby's gone, missing, don't know where she is, whatever. He reports her missing to the cop. But her family or his family went camping like three days after she went missing. Like that shit just blows my mind right there. So it almost makes you wonder if they knew that he did something bad. Like if he told them that and then they sort of got out of town or if that camping trip was planned and they're just cold hearted assholes and they were just like, eh, fuck it. So what if my son's fiance is missing let's go camping i'm pretty sure that they covered him up or helped helped i think that camping trip was to help him escape and there has been sightings that people have taken pictures of people who look like brian i mean, look scarily like brian um from all the from florida all the way to mexico so i think and people there there was actually um they actually have trail cam footage of Brian, it shows him with his backpack and, and going on somebody's property, like, you know, keep he's he's on the move. And clearly, I think he came back to Florida to help get his family to help him, you know, beat feet to Mexico, because once you're in Mexico, it's like a lot of the jurisdictions aren't the same. And, and obviously, it's it'll be a little tougher to get him back. I mean, if you want to disappear, go to Mexico. So I think that's what he did. But I, I totally think that his family has covered him up and helped him. I mean, he, it, because the family has their attorney from the get before they even found the body, they they lawyered up, and he their their attorneys advised them to no contact with anybody. Let the attorney do the speaking for him. So they shut off all contact. Um, Gabby Patino's family tried to contact Brian's family, and they will not talk to them. And it's that's just, that's I feel bad for Gabby's family, and I feel bad for Gabby, of course, twenty two years old, gone. So unfortunately, you know, I mean, we'll keep everybody updated as this, as this case moves forward, keeps rolling forward, and hopefully Brian Laundry will will be found and and tried well i mean dog the bounty hunters on the case so that motherfucker's going down got your ass <laughs> <laughs> okay i just had to say that um so now that we've laid down our thoughts on that one let's dive into this week's case which involves the murder of 18 year old single mother carol ramona reed <laughs> Kara Ramona Reed was from Brownsville, Texas. She was a beautiful young lady with brown hair, brown eyes, and golden brown skin. She lived with her friend and roommate, Norma Flores. Though a high school student, Carol became pregnant at 16 and had her baby at 17 years old. Still, she was a young lady with tenacity as she continued to go to high school, work, and raise her child. Carol Ramona Reed's birthday was just around the corner. She and her friend, Norma Flores, were excited to celebrate at a local club by the name of Madame Moros. Her friends and family remember her as happy and excited during that time. She couldn't wait to turn 18 and celebrate with her friends. Around 9.20 p.m. the night of December 6, 1993, Carol Ramona Reed stopped at the downtown Lopez supermarket, and she bought three bottles of Coca-Cola. 
She was with two other people at the time, and that was the last time anyone had seen her. The very next day, they found her body dumped by the side of the road. She had been strangled and left shirtless, only wearing a pair of white tennis shorts. Authorities confirmed that, thankfully, she wasn't raped. However, they believed that the murder was personal and some sort of retaliation. This is technically a cold case, but they do have a suspect. In 2014, officials told the media that 41-year-old Jorge Medina is a suspect in her murder. Apparently, Jorge is hiding as they announced a $10,000 reward for anyone who finds him and turns him in. I mean, I get that $10,000 is a huge bounty, but Dog the Bounty Hunter needs to buy in on this one too, okay? I was sad about how little information I even saw with this case. You know, we talk about Gabby Petito and how she is this blonde and very attractive young um, social media influencer and she's getting a ton of attention. But of course, she's a social media influencer, so a lot of people know her and I think she was talking talking about the van trip and whatnot for like weeks on her socials. So people were sort of looking forward to seeing pictures and, you know, vlogs and all of that as she made her way down. So I guess I can kind of understand why there's more media attention around her. But I was so sad to learn that this young teen mother, whose mom still hopes to this day that they find Jorge Medina and that they're able to get justice. And it's just sad that you don't hear a lot about cases like this. I'm sure Carol Ramona Reed isn't the only case that people aren't talking about, you know, so... I'm glad that we can kind of shine a light on this. So is this guy still on the run? Yeah, this guy's still on the run. He's probably in Mexico with Brian Laundry. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Medina was arrested on charges of criminal trespassing, disorderly conduct, and driving suspended license. Yep. So I guess like they went to go pick him up at a football game in Brownsville on thir- on this like back in 2014. His son was injured during that game, and when all this was going on, he just like jumped the fence and like bailed. So. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, there's a $10,000 reward for information leading to this case. And, I mean, there's uh, the DA hasn't really came out and said anything in this case either. They're not, I don't know if they're keeping it under wraps, but this is kind of a case where, you know, she was murdered and they don't know if this Medina guy basically had, if he was dating her and something happened. People think it's a retaliation. This thing has been so wrapped up tight, but we kind of wanted to talk about this just to bring uh, more of a talk to it, just to kind of bring people to talk about it more, because right now, nobody, there's just nothing, nobody, we have little tidbits of info, but nothing, I mean, the cold case unit uh, hasn't made any press, uh, hasn't made any progress on this. Nobody has found this guy. They're not really, you know, even the DA's office isn't releasing anything of Reed's autopsy. So this thing has been like sealed up really tight. Yeah, which makes me wonder, there were some articles that I came across about some issues where they thought that the prosecuting attorney had um, conflicting conflicting issues with this case. So I thought that was kind of kind of strange. It, it does sort of make me wonder if politics is involved. I hate to say it, but I cannot believe how very little has even been reported on this thing. And the articles that were out there once upon a time, most of them are dead links now. Yeah. Yeah, I, we, when you Google this case, there is like really nothing, and, and sometimes it tries to live uh, for other web sleuths who who try to Google and and try to figure out, you know, what what happened to her. But this is a case that needs to be brought to light, and it's a case that we need to find out what happened to her, and um, I, we need the DA to push harder to kind of go after 
who killed Ramona Reed. And, and even if it was Medina or if it wasn't, we need to find out because, I mean, we're looking at since 1993. I mean, that's over 30 years old almost. So, Yeah, and with the advancements in technology, it wouldn't surprise me that they would be able to use some kind of like DNA mapping, you know, to actually figure it out who to actually figure out who murdered her. You know, I also want to say, let's do this for her mama and her little baby son that she left behind. So if you guys um, know Carol Ramona Reed's mom, please point her in the direction of this podcast. We would absolutely love to talk to her. Um, She can reach out to us at flatcircle1 at gmail.com or on our socials, Facebook or Instagram at Flat Circle Podcast. So if you guys have any information, let us know. We are happy to help. That is what we are here for. Thank you all for listening. We are so grateful for you all. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And we hope you join us for future episodes. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. Peace. 